Hey, how about this, listeners? Welcome to a new episode of How About This, and we have a great episode for you today. We have a guest in the studio with us on this episode, Mr. Noah Redfield. Noah Redfield is a singer-songwriter, a film aficionado, and most importantly, a gigantic fan of James Bond, because today we're talking about 007 himself, Bond. James Bond. So join us as we discuss everything about this franchise and where we would like to see it go in the future. But before we get to the episode, here's a word from one of our friends from another podcast, another podcast that stars Jordan Hugh and some of our other close friends, Paul Mancini and Chris D'Amato. Everyone, take a listen to a little bit of The Sopranos podcast. Hey, oh, pop culture fanatics out there. My name is Chris D'Amato and I got something for you. How about this? How about you go and subscribe to The Sopranos Podcast, now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a show in which three Italian-American storytellers straight out of their studio in New Jersey go episode by episode through The Sopranos, the greatest television drama ever made, and discuss the rich theme, characters, story, and modern-day relevance of this masterpiece 20 years after its groundbreaking television debut. And guess what? How about this is own Jordan Hugh is one of the three co-hosts along with me and my main motherfucker Paul Mancini. So you already know we're bringing it hard with the quality, baby. Jordan don't play. He's got brains, humor, and a big ol' healthy hangin' fucking Stugatz. So come give us a subscribe and give us a listen and watch along with the show on HBO. We're spoiler-free too, so it's great for Sopranos veterans and Sopranos newbies. New episodes drop every other Sunday. So come grab a giant, heaping fucking portion of Audio Sunday dinner along with us every other Sunday, wherever you get your fucking podcasts. Capiche? That's The Sopranos Podcast. Subscribe, listen, find us on social media at The Sopranos Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Sopranos Podcast on Twitter. Bada-bing! Thanks, Chris Jordan and Paul. Now please go check out The Sopranos Podcast. And without much further ado, here's the newest episode of How About This. Enjoy. What's up, Internet? It's another episode of How About This? And we are very excited to talk about the topic that we have today. We actually have a very lovely guest with us today. But first, let's go ahead and introduce, well, the spy of many names, the most dangerous man with a pen, Mr. Jordan Hugh, ladies and gentlemen. It's good. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, Mike, you international man of mystery. Uh, I, I really, I every episode I say this, I never prepare the epithets that I'm supposed to be giving to you. So I send, I send you this apology from me with love. I, I don't have, can I call you Octopussy? Is that offensive? No, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take, uh, you know, right. call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late to the podcast. But Oh. So <laughs> to be perfectly terrible. honest with you, I never come up with those things ahead of time either. And that's why they're usually terrible. I just don't have oh, any. So this is, this is. This is shitty improv ball right Yeah, yeah. So this is not a dream. So okay. that's how it rolls. But we're talking about a great topic today, something that I think really needs to be addressed. So we decided to bring in our, a good friend of ours who is a lovely musician, songwriter, director, writer himself, a very talented individual. I feel at some point in this man's life, there will be a biography about him with a lot of black and white stills of him going like pointing in strange directions. He's like... 
<laughs> he's a revolutionary he's a revolutionary exactly. man and his name is noah redfield or as we like to call him noha every noha hi, hi there thank and you for he, having me hey and he is an expert i think in the topic that we're going to talk about today so noha how's it going noah what's up my friend oh i'm uh, doing okay how about your good selves i'm pretty good you know when we started this podcast during the pandemic we figured by this point in the pandemic we might be able to do these more in person however as 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 we've seen that's not happened but maybe by the time this airs we'll be able to do more of this stuff in person what about you jordan oh we're we're living through some fucking history right now so i'm just trying to like not look at the news for two seconds and talk about something fucking fun for a change well i think this property <laughs> that we're going to talk about <laughs> might have spent a little bit too much time looking at the news and might have spent too much time losing its own fun for a while there so without further ado we're talking about one of the biggest properties i think ever and it's james bond 007 which has it's about to release its 25th film over the course of the past 50 uh 60 years James Bond has been around almost 60 years at this point as a film franchise, which is crazy. Uh, and I don't know how long the book, I don't know how old the books are. I don't know how old Ian Fleming's books are, but I imagine they're from, you know, 50s, 60s uh, before the, the movies. 50s, yeah. They definitely know it. So they're from the 50s? Yeah, they're, they're from the 50s. I, I'd be, I will say right off the bat, I don't know that I consider myself a James Bond expert, but uh, I, I do my bit. I've done my bit for the podcast. What do you mean yeah, you're not an expert? We, we hired you to be an expert. Yeah, this is your job. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to tether expectations accordingly. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I know what nerds are like. In case there are any nerds who are going to well actually me to death, I don't. I'm not going to get all of the dates right. I think the I think Casino Royale was the first book, which I think came out in '54. Was the first one in the Ian Fleming novels are lurid, pulpy thrillers yeah. in the best sense of the word. It's not high literature which they sometimes like to pretend it is it's not it's just like it's good old-fashioned like pulpy violent sexy you know for its time yeah thrillers basically so and he kept writing that he passed away in the mid-60s so he was around for the first few i so i think i think goldfinger was the last one where he died oh okay. he went out went out on a high note at least yeah, at least he got to see one of the best ones before, you know, exiting. He didn't get to see Die Another Day, which is probably a good thing. So, um, I would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Die today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the James Bond franchise has been around for quite a while. We've seen it get turned into, it's obviously started as novels. We saw it get turned into, I think most people know it as the film franchise. I don't think everyone, I don't think most people have read the books. I think most people know it from the film franchise. There have been comic book franchises. There have been video games, obviously, with the success of something like GoldenEye, which was kind of a, a watershed moment for gaming at that point in time. James Bond is, for all intents and purposes, James Bond is a Cold War spy character, right? Is Am I getting this right? Am I right here with this? Yeah, James, he's a secret, James Bond, licensed 007, licensed to kill. He is a uh, secret agent working for uh, MI6. Yep, he would have been, uh, as the books were written in the 50s and the early, and the films up from Sean Connery up through Timothy Dalton, really, the Cold War was very much still going on. And yeah, it's the idea of the world is constantly under the threat of nuclear annihilation and, you know, this and that. Who do we turn to when it looks like, you know, our leaders can't protect us? Well, luckily we have the world's greatest, smartest, sexiest, coolest super spy who runs in, has, you know, 
cold-blooded in the okay well one thing to point out is in the books he's very different from i think what most people when most people think of james bond i think they they are thinking about sean connery roger moore daniel craig a certain you know the quips the gadgets that's not really the ian fleming of the books the one bond who really comes close to that is timothy dalton and you know the james bond of the books is a cold-blooded killer and you know he you guys um I listened uh, to the Batman podcast and you guys were talking about how Batman is essentially like a noir character and you could argue very much the same thing about Bond, you know, that all the drinking and, you know, the, the casual set, the womanizing, all of that is, you know, he's basically fucking the pain away. Is the <laughs> idea. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a darkness and the ruthlessness that you don't really often see in the movies, but that is very much in the background. And it's also worth pointing out that Ian Fleming did serve in uh, World War II. I fuzzy on all of the details, but he's very, very, very interesting guy, Ian Fleming, if you want to actually look into him. There was a biopic about him recently. I forget who played like a young Ian Fleming. I didn't watch it, but very interesting guy. But one thing you got to be aware of when you're talking about Bond is that Ian Fleming created this character as kind of a self-insert. It's who he want, he perceived himself to be or wanted to be. And he's also an amalgam of a lot of other soldiers and spies that he knew at that time. So that's the basis for what eventually became the Bond series that started with Dr. No. And then, as you said, it's the longest running franchise of all time. Funny, earlier when you were, you were saying, I thought, I genuinely thought you were saying it's been 60 years since until No Time to Die is coming out. <laughs> I've been waiting for No Time to Die for the entire length of franchise existing i mean i feel like that's that's the point at this point it's like there used to be james bond movies like every two years and now all of a sudden it's like uh there's a big stop here but before we get further into like the franchise and stuff like that i I always like to ask and jordan is actually usually great at asking this question too but jordan what's your like experience with james bond like what do you get from the character in as many words as you'd like i will use exactly 300 words now i you know i was aware of james bond just because like you can't like exist in the world without knowing who james bond is like that's how big the name james bond is I knew growing up that like my dad was really into like the old goofy Bond movies, but I had rarely sat down and really watched one. Uh, You mentioned GoldenEye was a watershed moment for video games. Uh, That was probably also the first James Bond movie I actually saw. So regardless of whether or not anyone likes Pierce Brosnan, he kind of always will be my Bond. Yeah. Those were the movies I saw first, you know, I did my due diligence and went back and watched the Sean Connery films, the Roger Moore films, the Timothy Dalton films. And at this point, I've seen most of the James Bond movies. I think there's like five I have not seen. So my experience was with all of all of the Pierce Brosnan movies pretty much in a row, which kept getting worse over time, oh, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then with Daniel Craig, I went back. I, I really loved some of the early ones, but I think what is so it blows me away how different the tone is from film to film in these James Bond movies. Some of that I could really appreciate. Like, I I think it's a lot of fun that you could have these really wacky spy adventures alongside some of the darkest, grittiest action films that were produced. I was interested in going back and watching more of them probably a few years ago is when I really went back and saw. I ended up seeing my favorite one, ultimately, when I was digging way, way back, which is actually on Her Majesty's Secret Service is my favorite James Bond movie, I think just as a standalone, which has a Bond that never comes back. Lazenby doesn't return. And I thought he was actually rather good. And he's the only um, Australian Bond, right? Yeah, he's, on, that movie's been reassessed more recently as one of the best, if not the best. I mean, my personal favorite, I think is Casino Royale 2006. 
we won't talk yeah. about the 67 version. No, but, no need. Uh, apart no from need. Casino Royale, honestly, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service is like those two are like real movies. They're like, yeah, you know, like Bond, you can appreciate them. And it always had this bad rap because of Lazenby, but you know, the the more I watch that movie, I don't think he's a bad James Bond. He's a little stiff at the beginning. And his some of his costumes, the Austin Power, because they all hated him. <laughs> they did because he was notoriously not the easiest person to work with. And he's all I'm gonna say, we don't have time to get into it, but if, if you have any interest, any passing interest in George Lazenby, that is a rabbit hole you definitely want to go down because that man is a maniac. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he so like the the costume department didn't like him, so that's why he wears all those Austin Powers type suits. But he, I don't know, I think if you're not if you compare him to Sean Connery, sure he's not very good but i think on his own terms he's perfectly fine and i think it's a no he's, and he's a good bond for that movie too. i thought he was quite good if i was good in that movie and i think diana rigg is my favorite bond girl oh. mostly because she's playing like what feels like a real person in that yes. movie yes. you know she's like an actual character so it's pretty much between her and vesper lynn for me which of course comes from your choice there casino royale which is probably my, my second favorite film in the bond franchise yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys, I was going to say favorite Bond and favorite Bond film, but I think we kind of got there. And I'm actually in the same court as Noah. I think that Casino Royale is my favorite of the movies because I think it's just lights out an incredible movie start to finish. Some of the best scenes and some of the best scenes in the franchise take place in that movie. I mean, that the card game is like one of the best things ever. And I really like Daniel Craig. Like I, I like Sean Connery a lot. And like Jordan, I first got my experience from the fallout of GoldenEye because everyone was like James Bond crazy in my middle school for like a, the year that we didn't go to middle school together, Jordan. This is the year before that. Everyone was James Bond crazy when I was in sixth grade. So we all watched a whole bunch of the movies like nonstop because of GoldenEye. But like, I feel like I remember watching Casino Royale and it felt like a moment. So I think that's my favorite. I think Daniel Craig or Sean Connery are tied for my favorite James Bond. But I think what Jordan, what you're trying to say is like, what you were kind of getting to, or at least made me understand this in my point of view, James Bond has been a character, like you said, totally different. I feel like they always try to change James Bond to make him fit with the modern climate, whether it's in Quantum of Solace, where instead of gold, it's oil, because James Bond is, is a character that, you know, has been around for so long that they want to kind of make him or his movies or the movies that star James Bond, they want to make him more current and they want to make him appeal to the current time period. And I think this is a good time to talk about what we kind of see out of this franchise that they kind of get wrong is that I feel like my point of view, I feel like sometimes they try to make them too current and too present for this character that's kind of a man outside of time because you know, you're making all these movies where the character has never aged, but he happens. It's like comic books, right? It's like Batman's been 35 for 100 years. So like, what do you guys think that they currently or tend to get wrong about these movies? It's interesting you you say that, that you the, what you that you think they, they try a little too hard to be modern because one of the things that one of the problems that I currently have with the state of Bond is that I feel like they can't make up their mind if they want to properly reboot James Bond for the modern age or if they want to kind of do this old versus new like retconning which I, I feel like Bond honestly has been in the middle of an identity crisis for a very long time the thing about the James Bond I would say from Dr. No going all the way up to License to Kill. Bond has always been produced by this one family, the Broccoli family. And the early Bond movies were produced by Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman. And, they, and they've always kind of existed outside of the rest of Hollywood. I'm not going to say that they're independent, 
but they, they're very unusual. They're almost, dare I say, they're almost mob-like in the way that they not only run <laughs> Bond, but also the way that if you notice Bond is very often hopping from one studio to the next yeah. in terms of distribution. And there is definitely, you know, so like Cubby was doing it for a long time and then Barbara Broccoli has since inherited the franchise. And Barbara Broccoli apparently has final say on absolutely everything related to Bond. Every video game, every movie, like wow. every, my From Russia With Love mug. <laughs> so, but the thing about Cubby Broccoli is that he was one of those old school Hollywood mogul types where if you look at all of those Bond movies, going up through Dalton, you notice that a lot of them, you could be forgiven for thinking, gee, a lot of these movies are kind of the same. Yeah. Yes. That's what I like about them because they had a formula. They had a formula and they stuck to it. And then, and the formula was kind of the foundation for the rest of the movie where they would then look outward to, okay, not only what is the world going through right now, but also what's popular right now. Yeah. Say what you will about the Roger Moore era, for example. But one thing I really like about the Roger Moore era is that I think by that point, they got through Connery and Lazenby and they, those movies kind of feel a little more confident, like a well-oiled machine. They had like the same staff, same personnel working on the movies and you knew what you were getting, but there was always like a different flavor. And because they were willing to go, so like with Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die is about, it refers to black exploitation because that's what was popular at that point. And then cut to uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, which is one, one of my favorites, by the way. You have Jaws, the character, the famous henchman played by Richard Kyle. That's obviously referring to the Spielberg movie. And then, then they take it to its logical conclusion. You get Moonraker where they get the face. <laughs> Good Lord. terrible terrible idea but hey, james, anyway, bond, james so, bond is an astronaut yeah not one of his finest hours but that's what i would argue is that at least you know even though the movie the quality of the movies vary there's a consistency to them yeah and i think if you notice ever since barbara broccoli took over which is really like around golden is the last movie that cubby was involved in but like that's really the one but pierce so it's pierce brosnan through daniel craig mm-hmm. is the barbara broccoli michael g wilson era and I don't think they have a clear vision for any of them. And I include Daniel Craig in that. Yeah. I think Daniel Craig's an amazing Bond. And I love him in Casino Royale. And I love Casino Royale as a Bond movie. The thing I, you asked what, what is missing about Bond right now. Yeah, what, what do you think they're getting wrong, right? I will tell you exactly what they're getting wrong because it's something that a lot of franchises are getting wrong, wrong right now. James Bond currently hates himself. He did not hate himself in Casino Royale. He's enjoying it. He's like, he's got that devil may care recklessness. He's, I'm a huge fan of Timothy Dalton. I think he's a hugely underrated Bond, but there's a real tonal problem with a lot of those movies. And I think the tone in Casino Royale is so perfect where like, yeah, he's way more serious than Pierce Brosnan, but there's like, there's, he's always got a smirk like or a twinkle in his eye and that makes him so cool. And they just, what they did was they brought it, they went right to the book. It's one of the few movies where they actually sort of stayed faithful to the book. <laughs> and as a result, you know, it's a good story. The stakes are clear. There's a great bad guy. They, and they did update it. You know, it's a, it's a post 9-11 bond. They even refer to 9-11. But the thing I like about it is it's in the background. It's not yeah, like, yeah. whereas in the other movies, it always just feels like, like they're just, they're doing it the other way around. So like, rather than just go, okay, we have Casino Royale. Great. It's all in place. We have our bond now. Now, great. Let's do that. Let's make amazing Bond movies with Daniel Craig. And they can't seem to do that because they have to just keep rebooting themselves within the reboot. <laughs> so, like, you get to Quantum, so you have Quantum of Solace, which I know a lot of people don't like. I didn't like it at the time. It's actually kind of grown on me. I 
it, it has a lot of problems, but I really, it's, it's not as bad as people make out. There, there it has a things. hideout made of explosives. That it does. Yes, it does. It does. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's, it's <laughs> not flawless, but I don't think like when people say, oh, it's like the worst Bond movie. No, it's, it is not the worst Bond movie. It's not even close. I think it's like, it's mid- actually not even, it's actually not the worst Daniel Craig Bond movie. Oh, certainly not. We'll, we'll, but we'll get there. Oh boy. Um, yeah. the thing, so just very quickly, cause I know we don't want to get too much into like the minutia of the series as it is, but like quantum is a continuation of Casino Royale. It's like, oh, okay. We have to tie up the loose ends. And then at the end of that, it's like, all right, is he Bond now? And then you get to Skyfall and you're like, okay, I, I feel like, you know, but then they have to kind of reboot it again. And it's like this old versus new thing. It's very Nolan. It's very extended universe now. And they're kind of moving rather than go, okay, here's what other franchises are doing. Let's borrow like little aspects of it, but stick to being Bond. Cause that's what we do. You know, we want, I want Bond in my pitch to go back to being Bond. I don't care if he's silly or if he's serious. I just want him to enjoy being James Bond. And they, for some reason, Barbara Broccoli, I think, I don't know, maybe she's working out some issues. <laughs> Why, like even in Goldeneye where he, uh, Judy Dench calls him a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. And I've always hated that moment because it feels like one of those like Hollywood have your cake and eat it things. It's like, oh, okay, we drew attention to it. So it's fine. I, I hate that kind of, like, don't be embarrassed for making Bond. Like, yeah, there are aspects of it that are date. Like, I get that you can't do Sean Connery. You can't do that kind of like gross misogyny. And I also get that you can't do Roger Moore because it's just, it's too goofy and everyone other than me and <laughs> Richie Peppio would hate it. Uh, <laughs> I don't see why you can't just like take a step back and go, okay, well, clearly we can't do all of that stuff, but like, there's no reason why modern audiences can't enjoy these can't like silly adventures of a gorgeous spy who drinks like a fish and he fucks everything that moves. And, you know, he, he does these things that really should create international incidents and destabilize the planet, but he doesn't. And it's great. And we just buy into the fantasy. And I just feel like what they've been doing in the last few movies, and they just doubled down so badly with Spectre. And, you know, unfortunately, because No Time to Die is delayed, so Spectre was like six years ago. And yeah, it's, it's, a like, it's, it's a long time for that to have been the last Bond movie, a movie where they really just drove that the Daniel Craig era into a corner. Yeah. With like all of that kind of retconning and, and I don't know, should we get, I don't know if we want to get into, can we get into spoilers? Yeah, I don't care. For the past Bond movies? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Blofeld being his half brother. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't like, but in a way that wasn't what bothered me. What bothered me was then, okay, now you're, you mean to tell me that everything that has happened to James Bond his entire life, everything that happened in the last three movies was Christoph Waltz's fault? <laughs> like, especially because I remember thinking, but wait a minute, in Skyfall, Javier Bardem only cared about, Silva rather, only cared about M. Yeah. So what, I don't know, it, none of it made any sense. It felt like, and it felt like them just kind of going, oh, Star Trek Into Darkness did that. And that made a lot of money but they didn't seem to go, okay, but what did people think about Star Trek Into Darkness? What do people, right. like, yeah, these movies are doing really well, but, you know, if, you, if you're going to keep telling us that Bond is some kind of, like, high art franchise, which it isn't, 
but you know that it's like so much superior and more classy and TCM. You have to do better than that. You know, like the, why are you co- why are you just sort of copying blindly other franchises without sort of yeah. making well, it work for your own franchise? And why are you ashamed to let Bond be Bond? I mean, listen, Timothy Dalton is the most serious Bond, but that man has a hard on every time he murders someone. <laughs> That's what you want for James Bond. And Daniel Craig is a hard on for murder in Casino Royale. And he doesn't have a hard on for the other movies and he doesn't even seem to enjoy getting laid well it's because it's good it's because timothy dalton is uh, a slosher of prices (laughs) so uh catch catch me catch me later jordan Uh, so what do you think they get they get wrong about james bond from your point of view and what you think what do you think how can it be fixed to a degree first i want to thank noah for pointing out i think really eloquently the problem with the last few films particularly specters need to kind of create like a weird bond rebooted connected universe that no one was asking for i think they don't it's like they don't know their audience their audience is totally fine with all these being standalone adventures that are already kind of lightly overriding each other and the final turns of the plot in Spectre are so absurd. And I think they just, they really relied on the fact that we were going to care that Christoph Waltz was, he was already obviously Blofeld, but that we were going to care that it was his half brother and that he had a hand in the plots of the prior films. We didn't give a fuck. No. It didn't matter. What mattered more to us was that the film just felt bad. Like it just didn't feel like a good well thought out movie it's right and it's one of those twists where most let's face it young people a lot of young people going to see bond movies they don't really know who blofeld is they probably haven't seen a connery movie and so they're not going to get it and then the people who do know who blofeld is are going why are you doing that to blofeld And also, yeah. I feel like it's Blofeld's just supposed to be, he's supposed to be Dr. Evil, right? Or yeah. Dr. Evil's supposed to be Blofeld. He's just supposed to be a bad guy. You don't need to make a connected universe. And Jordan and I have talked about this countless times. It's like Marvel has made it work for a little while, for a bit. But I, I like the fact that there are other franchises that don't feel the need to connect everything. So Jordan, I, I really understand where you're coming from with that, with them trying to kind of force this connectivity between yeah, the series. Th- that's not even what I think the main issue is. I think... The main issue actually goes back to what you said sort of in the introduction, which was that they feel this is a character that they constantly need to sort of reinvent for the times or something like that. I don't know. I I think we need to learn as a society, as a viewership, folks that engage with art that, you know, there's going to be some art that maybe makes you uncomfortable or that there will be characters that are interesting because they don't kind of fit in with the current social mores of the time. I agree with Noah. We need to go out to the film and, and have fun with like, yeah, this guy's an alcoholic and I think he treats women horribly. And I think he does really cool stuff as a spy. And also sometimes he's really reckless about that. I don't think he needs to be, we shouldn't be looking to James Bond to uphold any kind of moral standard. He is a, he he's is a, a spy. He's yeah. a fucking, yeah, psychopath killer spy. Just enjoy. Have have some fun with it. Let Listen, him have some fun with it. All you want, you want to see explosions, you want to see car chases, and you want to see him say, Bond, James Bond, and drink his martini sh- shaken, not stirred. I mean, to be perfectly well, honest. And we him. want to see him fuck. Am I yeah, being well, like, I mean, uh, you know, too gauche here? I mean, you know, we, we want to see that happen. That's yeah. a big part of the film is his sexuality. And you know yeah. what? The girls like it too. Sorry. Of course. And it's, again, it's about how, it, in this day, it's about how you execute it. And it's about just, you know, I hate the phrase in a way, but like it is about reading the room. Yeah. That's all yeah. you have to do is just get a read for how to do that. It's you know, 
But I think the problem is they don't really have any concept of how to reboot it really. So it's all surface level rebooting, but all they're really doing is just recycling the same plots over and over. I mean, they've had the same screenwriters on the same like two guys cranking these out for like 25 years. And the only one that's really solid is, is the one where they stuck to the book, you know? And the others are just, I mean, I like, listen, I like Skyfall. I really enjoy yeah, it. It's a good really movie. Fun. But it is one of those Bond movies where you do have to, you just, all you have to do is think about it and go, hang on, wait a minute. The second half of that movie makes no sense. And it's a mess. It's a beautifully filmed, really strongly acted mess of a movie. And by the way, I'm not knocking the movie. I really like it, but I, I just think it's all, it's ultimately very shallow. It was like a good 50th anniversary. It was almost like a Doctor Who, you know, it's like the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. And I like that about it, but I just, I guess maybe I just did, I don't get it because people really love Skyfall and they consider it like one of the great movies of Bond, but I think it doesn't really back itself up in terms of substance. And then I actually, I think Spectre reveals that because yep. Spectre, you're missing Roger Deakins, the cinematographer who made Skyfall look so great. And Spectre just looks like crap. Yeah. Looks like it's actually shot by the guy who shot Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And I Which like is that a movie really well. good movie. Yeah. But it's not James Bond. That's the other side. John Le Carre's the other side of the spies. And like right. realistic spies are terrible. And nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. It's like you got to find that balance between like Tinker yeah. Tailor Soldier Spy and like the Kingsman, right? Because like sure. say the Kingsman are, are, are the best movies, right, ever? I I had fun with both of them, but like I think they're great. I think they're a lot of fun, and they're almost kind of carrying the torch for how the James Bond movies used to be, with a more modern context than say maybe James Bond itself. But that being said, we've gotten our issues out of the, out of the way. We've got the dirty laundry out. But oh, this well, show, a quick, oh, quick so go for it. Go for it. Those those two Kingsman movies are better than Quantum of Solace and Spectre. They, they are. In my opinion, they eat their fucking lunch. Because at least the Kingsman movies, they have fun. Yes. They're not afraid to fuck. They've got <laughs> style like crazy. Those are better movies. Bond gets too caught up in the artfulness sometimes. That's all I wanted to say. I think and Kingsman, that's, I, I, I think Kingsman yeah, is and, great. And then, yeah, and, I like them too. And then just to jump off that real quick, I was going to say this earlier. I think, again, the, when you try to make a character like Bond... PC, you're actually going to make it worse. It's much better to just embrace it and accept that there are going to be people who don't like it. And that's fine. Nobody, you don't yeah. have to like James Bond movies, you know, don't go. But don't, it's the, again, it's the have your cake and eat it thing, which I think started with Pierce and continue with Daniel, but it's going to stop with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lead in. <laughs> okay, so so now that we've gotten, we've kind of cleared the air a little bit about how we feel about James Bond. I think it's now time because this is a show about pitches where we start giving our pitches. So who wants to go first? I never go first. It's not, it's not my show. So Jordan or Noah, just, you know, show of hands. Who wants to go first? I think Noah Noah's the the, 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 guest, the right? main main course here. I think Noah's going to go. My things are going to be like a little attachment compared to his. Oh, fantastic! So Noah, thank you for being on the show today. It's your turn thank to you say that. Thank you for having me. I'm really I was really flattered when you asked me to do this. So I mean, and I've I've written notes. <laughs> I've prepared. I've done homework. I, I will say the other person who came to the show with notes prepared also had one of the best episodes we've done. So by all okay. by all means, you're you're doing it right. Jordan and I probably not so right, but you're you're doing okay. it correct. 
Amanda also came with notes and she was great and uh, had a whole bunch of ideas. So yeah. Noah, you get to say the magic phrase first. So here we go. How about this? Whoa. Okay. So I've sketched out a trilogy, <laughs> a bond trilogy. It's oh very, God. I haven't worked out all of it. I haven't, there's, these are very sketchy details, but I have a rough trilogy that I've thought of because I want to, because I was, I was really thinking about this as somebody who has talked a lot of shit about Bond, my life. This is a big moment because this is now the shit talker having to put his money where his mouth is and go, well, what would I want? <laughs> what Bond movies would I want to watch? You know, you talk about how the tone has shift, which I think you can really like very obviously, they kind of go back and forth. Roger Moore's silly, Timothy Dalton serious, Pierce Brosnan's silly, Daniel Craig serious. I think we need to lighten up a little bit. No offense to Daniel Craig, who I think is a wonderful actor. And I actually, and actually is, is a great comic actor if you watch Knives Out. But it's, it's not him. I think they're just not allowing him to use that part of his acting muscles. Fortunately, I would like this next Bond to enjoy himself. I would like this next Bond to get back to being Bond, however, you know, with unapologetically as possible. This James Bond, after the last, the Daniel Craig era, is finally going to get back what he lost. All so, right. Okay. Now, I know that Eon Productions fears too much change. So I've actually made it a little easy for them. And my trilogy is pretty much based on the first three Roger Moore movies. Because <laughs> God damn it, Roger Moore doesn't get enough credit because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> he, would, he just kept playing that part till he was like 95 years old. He somehow got away with it just on sheer charm. Somehow. I don't know. Anyway, so I love the first three Roger Moore Bond movies. So I've, I've rough, I have a very rough sketch of how I want all of these movies to go down. I don't have like things like directors or writers. I didn't do that much work, but I've got like some casting ideas. All right, so, let's go for it. First of all, let's get right to it. My James Bond <laughs> is going to be played by Henry Cavill, but Ooh. with a mustache, yeah. <laughs> the mustache that he had in Mission wow. Impossible Film. Wow, because, love it. You know it. what? I think it's about time that we shook things up a bit. Famously, <laughs> George Lazenby got in a lot of trouble for having a beard at the Honor Match Secret Service premiere. I am bringing back facial hair. Bond is going to enjoy. Women love facial hair now. You know, they, it, it's, it's they great. Do. So, like, I mean, in fact, one of the things I really liked about Skyfall was that bit where Daniel Craig was very scruffy in it. And I was like, hey, I, I, could, I could work with that, Daniel. Scruffy. There bond. you go. Okay. Yeah. So, Henry Cavill is bringing back the mustache. I would say he's he's got the killer instincts of Timothy Dalton, but he really loves he really loves to screw like George Lazenby. <laughs> you know, but he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's charming. Listen, it's all of that, you know. Do you know how many people watch Henry Cavill build a computer? Come on, they'll watch this. Okay, so movie number one, which is a loosely based on Live and Let Die. The working title, the working title is Trending to Kill. Ooh. I'm gonna tell you right now, my Bond titles are hilariously bad, but Trending to Kill is actually all right. Mine's not and, much better, um, go ahead. So this is going to, Trending to Kill is a little bit going to refer to um, the modern era in that whereas Live and Let Die was involved a heroin dealer, this is going to refer to the opioid crisis in a very similar way, where Bond is hot on the trail of a hedonistic uh, big tech rebel who wants to quote unquote remake the world. He has his own private island resort. 
where he teaches meditation and mindfulness and all of these things. But he's a little bit, he's a little bit of a rock star. You know, he's kind of, he, by the way, he's been really championing cryptocurrency. It just so happens that, that, a, that these, the opioid crisis is raging this, this city, this region. Felix Leiter needs Bond to come down to America. Felix Leiter in my movies is played by Matt Dillon. Oh, Matt nice. Dillon's like a little, you know, I like the idea of Felix Leiter as kind of James Bond's American equivalent, but he's a little bit older and he's kind of done that. He's done the, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll of espionage. Now he's kind of calming down, but he's still got a little bit of that edge. And Felix Leiter knows exactly the man to bring down for this. So they, re they reveal that our, our John McAfee, I'm just going to say it. Is, uh, <laughs> please don't sue me. Please don't kill me, actually. Our John McAfee type of character is going to be, basically, he's this private island resort. It's a money laundering operation for this drug cartel. But the key thing is that like in Live and Let Die, the whole thing is that they're going to distribute all these drugs for cheap, get everyone hooked on them. And the only way you can get these drugs is to download an app where you have to use this cryptocurrency that this guy's been peddling. So he's going to get everyone screwed up and he's just, he's got all these big plans. He is played by, in the role that is going to get him back what he lost, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Wow. <laughs> and, and I'm going to get a little bit, I'm going to get a little bit, you know, let's get a little bit artsy. Okay. This is high art now. Maybe they're not so very different Bond <laughs> and this hedonistic uh, John McAfee type big tech billionaire played by Johnny Depp. Maybe they're, maybe they're, two sides of each other. Maybe one might like what the other would have. And uh, I have as the have as the Bond girl. So he's got, so as many people know, McAfee has like this, had this harem. <laughs> anyway, um, the, this harem of women and the main one who has been tasked to seduce Bond, but then actually winds up being on her, his side is played by, am I getting this nut right? Uh, Aiza Gonzalez from Baby Driver, Eliza Gonzalez. You know the-, the, the Which one, which one was she? Yep, I know who you're talking about. John John Hamm's partner in that yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, my I agree with you. Like the, when I think about the Bond girls, I love it's Vesper, it's yeah. uh, Tracy, but then it's also I love Michelle Yeoh's character in Tomorrow Never Dies. Hugely underrated. They don't hook up at all. She just kicks ass and is awesome. I have a big soft spot for Agent Triple X from The Spy You Love Me. All my Bond <laughs> girls, they're, they're all that. They're all the ass kicking. They get into the thick of it, and you know. This one will probably end with them fucking on a dinghy because I miss when Bond does that. He hasn't done that in ages. Oh, and I picked out a theme. By the way, uh, I'm not letting any of these, you know, none of this Billie Eilish, Sam Smith shit. I want, I'm picking good, sexy songs that I like. And the theme tune to Training to Kill is Shockwave by Liam Gallagher. All right. They have no choice. Little Oasis that. action, very nice. All right, so, and one thing I should note is that partly in an effort to subvert what they're trying to do with Spectre, I'm keeping Ray Fiennes, Ben Whishaw, and Naomi Harris because I like the idea that let's just keep these people, you know, you had Bernard Lee and Lois Maxwell doing it forever. Uh, Desmond Llewellyn, of course, did it all the way up through, uh, played Q all the way up through World is Not Enough. And I think let's keep them on. I really like them. And this way, because I feel like they're going to try to do a thing where like the Daniel Craig Bond is like the prequel era. And I'm trying to get in their way. I feel like they're going to fire Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, Naomi Harris, and Ben Wishaw and start over. And no, 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 I want, they're, they're, we're keeping them. Keeping okay. Them. Okay, so that's my, that's movie number one, Trending to Kill. Movie number two, 
I love this. We get a whole we get a whole set. I know of we get we get a set of Bond movies from Noah in like 15 minutes. This is uh yeah, this and, is- and I want Henry Cavill to get out while the getting's good. He's gonna do three awesome Bond movies and then he's done. Uh, Noah, not just want to let you know, uh, and, and not to give you a, a peek at my my ideas. I'm actually all in on Henry Cavill, James Bond, hundred percent. He was gonna be my pick too, but I'm gonna let you lead with this. Okay, but does he the key thing is does he have a stash or no? Now, yeah, after seeing Mission oh. Impossible and hearing this pitch, absolutely. <laughs> okay, fine. So movie number two, the dead do die, actually. <laughs> um, this movie, so the second Roger Moore is The Man with the Golden Gun, which is not the best Bond movie, but I kind of love it. No, but it's it's also kind of wonderful in its own really awful sort of way. But uh, it's the one where Christopher Lee plays uh, Scatamanga, the assassin who uh, has a blitz with uh, 007 written on it and the big showdown between Christopher Lee and Roger Moore. So I'm going with a similar kind of thing. I like, I'm a big, I have a big soft spot for when they do, Bond has to go up against like, you know, a rival assassin or a rival, uh, Robert Shaw's character in From Russia With Love, for example. So my, so we have a similar uh, assassin who might be working for a secret organization that we find out about at the end of the film, Dead Do Die, actually. What happens at the start of the movie is that one of the other doubleos is killed in a very suspicious, ac- convenient accident. <laughs> a little too convenient and suspicious and accident And everyone is kind of like, hmm, it seemed like an accident, but it seemed a little too good to be true. And it turned out that he was targeted by the world's greatest assassin, who has a real tendency to make all of his kills look like accidents and he gets in and he gets out. Uh, may or may not be inspired by uh, a video game franchise that I'm obsessed with that I'll probably talk, come back to talk about on How About This. <laughs> which is actually Bond uh, adjacent because uh, we're talking about Hitman and the developers are doing the Bond game. Yeah, which I think is awesome. I am very excited for that. So we have that kind of assassin. So like this is somebody assassin lurking in the shadows really yeah. lurking in the shadow. So Bond is really under threat here. Henry Cavill, you know, and his mustache are in trouble. So he's really got to watch himself. Now, the mustache will survive. Yes. To briefly, to briefly go back to Spectre, I think Spectre, one of the biggest mistakes they made early on is they missed a golden opportunity because no matter how much they try to make us care, nobody gives a fuck about Leicido's character and nobody believes they're actually in love just because they said so, all right? What we really wanted to see, or what I wanted to see, was a sexy revenge thriller with Monica Bellucci, because that was the whole thing where, because Monica, they made this huge deal about how it's like the first age-appropriate Bond woman, and she had like three minutes of screen time, and she was really just a plot device to get Bond somewhere else. And I thought, surely what you would want to do is she's out for revenge. This, you know, Blofeld killed her husband. So now she's, they're going to join up together, and I mean, Monica Bellucci, Daniel Craig together, hell yeah. So I'm going to do, I'm adding this into the dead do die actually, because I feel like that was a missed opportunity. So uh, the Bond woman in this is the widow of um, the double O played in this film by Penelope Cruz. We're bringing back an age appropriate woman, a little right. older than Bond, nice. want to make sense. You know, Penelope Cruz, one of the you know, most beautiful women on the planet. Uh, and I think she'd be great in this. And um, they want revenge. They want revenge on this guy who they eventually track down, and he is played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> a little GCBD action. JCBD is older now, 
he's proven his chops as an actor. If you've ever seen the movie <laughs> JCVD, like he's, you know, I think JCVD is like, is wonderful. And I think he's got a charm. And I think this could surprise people. If JCVD, he can kick ass at the end. He will eventually, of course, have to rip his uh, fine suit off and have a showdown with Henry Cavill. But, you know, that's, I a, want that's him, an interesting I want fight. Him, but I do want Jean Claude for most of the movie to play that kind of like, come, come, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I was thinking about it and I feel like Jean Claude Van Damme's a Bond villain would be such a kind of weird out of left field choice. And I feel like it could really work. I love that. Um, I love it. Also, as the, uh, the secondary Bond girl, I only did it for this one, the secondary Bond girl who is going to be based on Mary Goodnight, who's the worst Bond girl in the entire franchise. <laughs> um, and is, we're going to have a similar character in this, and she's going to be played by Amber Heard. Because oh, I would my like to no. Add, Why? Why are you doing that? Because I would like to add to the discourse. <laughs> 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 and finally, the theme tune, because this movie is basically a remake of The Man with the Golden Gun, we are using the rejected Alice Cooper man with the golden gun theme that they should have used the first time. And <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've never heard Alice Cooper, the man with the golden gun, look it up now. And then, you know, listen, Lulu, honey, you're great. But you're no Alice. <laughs> so anyway, so they met, they, they fucked up. So we're going to use Alice Cooper on uh, the dead do die. Actually, finally, that come the, we come to the bond blowout, the spy who loved me. <laughs> I think one of the, that to me, Spy Love Me is top five Bond. So if I get to the keys to the bond, I'm like, I want to do my Spy Who Loved Me, you know? So I've basically done the Spy Who Loved Me, except now, if you've seen the Spy Who Loved Me, you'll know that the, the villain in that, Stromberg, is basically Blofeld, but they couldn't use Blofeld. And I'm not going to get into the whole complicated history of why they couldn't use Blofeld until Spectre, but it was a whole thing. So they just basically made up a new character who had a different name and they put him under the sea. So, but now we got Blofeld back. And again, because I want to subvert this Christoph Waltz nonsense, we're, we're bringing Blofeld. So at the end of the Dead Do Die, actually remember I implied the JCVD Agent 47 type assassin, he's part of a mysterious organization who they've been, he's been offing a lot of very high profile people in very mysterious ways, snapped necks and things like that. And it's like, hmm, it make it look like suicide, like certain people that I could mention right now. And what, what kind of shadowy organization might be involved? Hmm, maybe it's that kind of octopus ring and he go and Henry Cavill twirls his mustache, just kind of just like, <laughs> touches his mustache slightly and goes, hmm, I think I have unfinished business. Or that's a terrible line. But that sets us up for movie three. And this is the worst title ever, but I had to think of something really fast, which is I, <laughs> Die today, live tomorrow. <laughs> not bad. Not, not bad. bad. There's been there's been worse. It fits, man. It's but better it's, than Moonraker. There's a there's a short story called the Hildebrand Rar Rarity, and occasionally you'll get some Bond girls like they haven't done the Hilde. They are not going to call the next Bond movie the Hildebrand Rarity. Quantum <laughs> bad enough. Okay, so Die Today, Live Tomorrow is basically the spy you love me, except we're bringing back Blofeld, and it's basically now Spectre is trying to turn. United States and uh, the Russians against each other by hacking things and spreading misinformation. And wait a second, things. this is this is not a movie plot. This is this is real life, Noah. Wait, how no, dare wait. you? This is Metal Gear Solid too. And, pe and people are and people are going, hmm, 
Hmm, I, I don't know if Bond can be political. I mean, it's not like Bond ever, you know, talked about like the, the Cold War and Kennedy and, you know, Khrushchev going head to head. It's not like that was never in the background of a Bond movie. It's not like, you know, 9-11 wasn't in the background of Casino Royale. But, oh, we get remotely political and now both sides have started screaming at each other on the Internet. So we're going to bait those motherfuckers <laughs> so that it's neither. It's nobody's fault. It's Blofeld's fault. Because that's what they used to do. Wow. Blofeld was the cop out. We're going old. You want it old school? We're going old school, baby. So Blofeld, he's coming back. But this is original Blofeld. He just he just wants to fuck shit up and make money and make the world worse. He is played by the legendary actor Udo Kier. Wow. You should all Google Udo Kier. You uh, have definitely yeah. seen Udo Kier in a film. Sure. It's amazing to me that he hasn't been a Bond villain yet when you look up what he looks like. He is quite old, though. So if he should pass away while... Well, we're getting in the lead up to this film. And Daniel Day-Lewis is going to get the fuck over himself. <laughs> and he's going to put the makeup on and he's going to do the best Blofeld ever. And that is going to be his final film. Wow. <laughs> Round of applause. This is so Really, good. really top-notch stuff. Wow, top-notch. And so, you know, the Spy Who Loved Me, we had Bond teaming up with Agent Triple X. And we're going to have a similar situation. And the Bond girl I picked is the excellent uh, Joanna Kulig, who was in the movie Cold War, which came out a few years ago. I think it won the best foreign film at the Oscars, whatever year. It's a wonderful movie. And she's phenomenal. So she is going to be, they're going to team up. They're going to have that kind of like, funnily enough, I just watched Wonder Woman the other day and I really liked it. it I, they're going to have that kind of the chemistry that Gal Gadot and um, Chris Pine had, or, you know, Roger okay. Moore and Barbara Bach, where it's going to be a little like, rom-com a little bit like you know they, he's trying to sleep with her she's not having it and then it just goes back and forth you know i will kill you before the mission is over double sick <laughs> all that i like that's the thing i'm we're referring and in all of them bond is bond he drinks he screws he you know he does the he treats q like shit he harasses <laughs> money penny he gives them migraine <laughs> Like that's what he does, okay? And it's a little bit campy, but it's still, we're dealing with like real shit. But at the end of the day, we're, we are accepting that this is a fantasy. James Bond is a psychopath. That's what I like about James Bond. It's fantasy. We know it's not real. We know that that's not how spying is. It's fun. It's escape. It's like, and especially, my God, the last five years, we could use a movie where we could just, I mean, it was a fun fact that they looked up that, because No Time to Die has been delayed so long, Donald Trump is the first president we've had since Kennedy who didn't have a Bond film out on his watch. So I'm grateful for the delays for that. Yeah, probably but good. On the, but on the other hand, there's, there is something to be said about, like, I think if, you know, I know that we're all very polarized, but I think if done in the right way, Bond could bring us back together. But we need to first celebrate the idea of James Bond as a degenerate, <laughs> bag, misogynistic, alcoholic, cold-blooded killer who you know when i kill i kill for queen and country you know, <laughs> that whole preposterous imperialistic fantasy let's we'll love it let's just embrace it let's have fun with it and you know the people who don't want to watch it they don't have to watch it and <laughs> we'll have the three movies and people will be confused oh and the theme oh i almost forgot the theme tune to die today live tomorrow is edge of reality by elvis which, <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Great. And if you don't, and that if you don't know it, it's the best Elvis song you've never heard. I think no, these movies are are seem like to me they seem like home runs, man. I, I'm loving it. I fucking love that, Noah. No, this is so. This is like 
above and beyond the call of the how about this yes. podcast i mean you listen to mike and i on these shows we got our fucking lazy ass ideas written on a fucking post-it note noah came in here with a binder full of like script notes and shit this is amazing Noah. i love it i love it the, i think thank you i had a lot of fun you know it's and that's what i want you know i, I just want bond to have fun again and it's i think so we all do i think that's I think that's kind of the point, you know, I think that's kind of the point of what we want out of James Bond is we want the character to be able to have fun. We want Bond to be Bond. We want those movies to kind of give us that escapism that we've been searching for for so long because the world sometimes can be such a really difficult and terrible place to be in. It's always nice to go to one of these movies and just watch stuff blow up for a few hours. And uh, Jordan, so what about you, man? So mine is not as well thought out as Noah's. And as a result, it will be way shorter. But I'll, I'll tell you where my idea comes from. So listen, I said Gold and I really started my adventure into James Bond. And so I wanted something that was going to pay tribute to that. Specifically, I really loved Sean Bean as Alex Trevelyan, not just because I think that's a particularly good uh, villain performance, but because he starts off as a friend. Yeah. of James Bond. And moreover, he starts off as a double O. He starts off as double O six. And that awakened uh, something in my child brain. And I said, so where are the other double O agents? Where's, you know, one through nine, or maybe more than that, there could be, obviously, uh, we can go to any number. And I said, well, I want to see a movie where the other double O agents, you know, are around and what's their story. So I decided to go the Mission Impossible one route. Maybe I should say the Star Wars prequels route because I wanted to basically have it be the end of the double O program and it be essentially James Bond has to hunt down the other double O's because they've been compromised to the extent that they think that MI6 is in fact compromised by the Russian government and in fact it spoilers for my movie that no one has can see because it's not real but you will find out that it, indeed the other double o's have been compromised and they're working for essentially a shadow government and it's up to heroic james bond to take down other folks who were formerly really part of his outfit and were either seduced to the other side or believe that they're actually working for the british government but in fact they are working for the russians he'll have some nice role-play encounters with them some nice acting scenes where he tries to convince them at least that that their information is wrong and ultimately it will just come to blows. But I should mention that my movie is not tenable in the budget department because I have only cast A-list actors as the other double O agents. And then also, I've also only cast actors that I think could legitimately play James Bond well. So my movie is a ridiculous tour around the globe where James, who's played by Tom Hiddleston, is just trying to move around the world as efficiently as he can and take out the other double O agents. So in my movie, which is called Lookalikes, with the two O's in lookalikes spelled as zeros. I like course. it. And it's it's Tom Hiddleston's 007 trying to take out the other James Bonds, or essentially other double O agents who are played by other Bond frontrunners like Richard Madden, Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, Henry Cavill, Michael Fassbender is on this list. So you, you get the idea of, of kind of what I'm going for here. So it, it'll be some new exotic locale each time where he tries to take one of these guys down. And each one of those men, I'm going to model 
after one of the former James Bonds. So, you know, Michael Fassbender is going to be going to be kind of like my new Roger Moore. He's a little bit more gadgety. You know, when Hiddleston encounters him, he has to encounter these ridiculous spy gadgets from nowhere. You know, that that kind of a thing. Tom Tom Hardy would be my Daniel Craig, where he's just a fucking beat stick who's just <laughs> knocking the shit, <laughs> knocking the fucking shit out of Tom Hiddleston. Richard Madden would be my my Lazen B character, I think. I'm going to go with Elba. For my Connery, just being this, yeah. this gentlemanly, very attractive, sexy Bond. I think it'd be more like a seduction type mission. Other folks in the cast, I love Peter Dinklage. I try to get him into everything. <laughs> Even though he has a terrible English accent, I, I would make him Q, I yep, think. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to go with Florence Pugh as Moneypenny, who I think, because Tom Hiddleston's a little younger, I thought they could have kind of a cute romance that could be maybe a, a nice little flirtation there. I'm actually going to put both my other girls on like the double O squad. So like there's two female double O's, one of which Hiddleston has romantic history with. That's going to be my Carrie Mulligan character. And then one is just like the classic femme fatale fucking badass. And that's going to be Natalie Dormer. And then like the, the big reveal at the end is going to be that, which I, I already spoiled, is going to be that, you know, basically a British agent, you know, a British top agent, head of the agency sold out the double O's to the Russians. And that person is going to be played by Pierce Brosnan. Oh yeah, that's so. That's so he'll have been like the former head of the Double O program, like basically like the shadow power behind like an M, who I probably cast as like Helen Mirren or something like that. Per also and, perfect. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'd find out. So basically, at the end, he would have to fight the final fucking James Bond, which would be Brosnan. So that, that's that's really as far as I got. The movie has nothing in it other than it's like basically the Expendables of of James Bond of like Double O's. It's actually kind of more like. Like it's like a James Bond world tournament, right? It's almost yeah, it's like, like a it's like Street Fighter. <laughs> it's like it's like James Bond has to go to like every every locale to fight like another James Bond. Yeah, and, and that's my, great. My my theme here is that Hiddleston kind of sucks in the beginning of the yeah. movie. He's just kind of like the least experienced double O. But every time he fights one of these guys, it's like fucking Mega Man, where like he picks up something <laughs> of that guy. Like he's like. Oh, gadgets are cool. I should actually let Q help me. Oh, this guy could do cool shit with the ladies. I want to be like that guy. You know, <laughs> you know so so that that kind of stuff. Oh, fucking be, I need to work out more because that Tom Hardy bond nearly fucking took my head off, you know? I love it, man. That's so good. That's so good. I, I think that's a, a really fun way to go about James Bond and also pay homage to the series. You want to kind of celebrate where their series has been and where these other Bonds have been. And I think you've picked the perfect people to do that. Yeah, I just, you know, it's just a fun excuse to do like seven unique action sequences and just fuck shit up and, you know, whatever. How about this on my end, if Jordan, you're finished? I, yeah, that was that was all I had. That was lovely. How about this? I don't know if I necessarily... You guys have pretty much kind of both hit at things I wanted to do. I want James Bond in my my idea of a James Bond movie. I, said, I kind of want it to be a little bit uh, more grounded and not grounded in terms of like the insanity of it all, but grounded as to where it, it happens. Like the biggest enemies we were coming across these days, especially in places like the UK and, and the United States as points are actually, it's like internal. And I don't mean like internal where it's like, oh, it's terrorist or stuff, but it's like all this kind of like, technological insanity that's kind of creating like Noah was saying these almost like cults these techno cults right of these people that worship these social media platforms and it's all internal and I think having an enemy or a villain that 
kind of utilizes and brutalizes these social media networks to kind of turn people against each other and control the public narrative is really big for James Bond. I think James Bond has to hunt this down to kind of get them to stop doing what they're doing. I'm not saying that James Bond is taking on parlor, but I'm saying that... (laughs) Maybe it's something along those lines where it's like like a Blofeld, like someone like that, like a young tech genius type person is is controlling this. And the problem is, is that they've already picked the best actor to play this type of person. And Rami Malek, I think, fits the mold so well. Oh, yeah. And I think that he as like a tech villain would be so good. And I don't think they're going to do it like that in No Time to Die. And it kind of upsets me. And also No Time to Die also happens to have a really great Bond girl in it as well. So I'm like, I'm kind of jealous of that film for like some of its aspects. I'm I'm looking for a James Bond and this guy, this director, because no one else really mentioned a director here, and I'm going to get into the directorial style. This director has handled some pretty big English English stories and English characters and has dropped the ball recently. And I think that oh, this I know, character, I, know who I think this character, I think this actor needs, needs a rejuvenation, I think. And I think nobody understands the silliness and wackiness and fun of the British underworld like Guy Ritchie. Of course. And I think Guy Ritchie, with a James oh my Bond. God. Can you fucking imagine Guy Ritchie's James Bond? Exactly. That's what I'm getting I'm at. I think I, I I feel like I chickened out. I was going to pitch Guy Ritchie as my director for my entire Henry Cavill mustache trilogy. I think I think uh, Guy Ritchie doing James Bond makes a lot of sense. It's his world, right? He knows this underworld, and I think if you're gonna have a James Bond that's going to infiltrate the English underworld, yeah. what better guy to have than than Guy Ritchie? And also like. He's done. He's done King uh, King Arthur and failed. He did Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he did Sherlock Holmes and did okay. And then after King Arthur and Sherlock Holmes, what's the third biggest British character of all time? And James Bond. So let's give him the keys to the castle for James Bond, and let's let's have him give his shot because I think James Bond fits better with what Guy Ritchie does than what the other than the other things that he's done. And I'm okay with ca- recasting some of these people. And I I have a soft spot for some English actors, and I think that I, I would love to see. And instead of, you know, you guys have mentioned Q around, I don't really have a, a really great casting for a Bond girl, but I think, I think Richard Iote would be a great Q in this kind oh of world. Yes, he, uh, he, I think he, Richard Iote would be an amazing Q. I think he's geeky and smart and funny enough to really like carry that role. Sure. What I want is James Bond ultimately has to kind of take down this kind of techno addicted society that is kind of changing the course of the world through these apps and through all this stuff and through the English underground. So I think that we have this kind of caperish, wacky James Bond stuff with a lot of gadgets and stuff. I would actually throw as as M, I would recast M and make her a little younger. But I kind of want to make everything younger. Henry Cavill's a little older. And yes, I want it to be a complete and total mess. As we've seen, you could do a lot with, with some of these actors and really get them to do some very interesting things. But if we want to age everyone down a little bit, I actually think I would pick Haley Atwell from M, make her younger, make her like in her 40s. Oh God, she's a young, hot M. But I'm saying that she's, she's not that old, right? She's not, I think like you can age things down a little bit. James Bond and M actually are actually closer in age if you go with a Henry Cavill in that, as- in that aspect. And she's also currently going to be in the Mission Impossible movies. So there's a nice little bridge there. And I actually think some of the newer Mission Impossible movies do the spy thing better than James Bond has done recently. So why not give you some of that? I'm a sucker. I'm always going to want Simon Pegg to do something in any English movie I watch. Maybe have a cameo from Nick Frost. Make, make him your cue. Who? Sean? I like I like Richard Iodi. I like Richard Iodi, man. I think he's great for that. Perfect. He's so good for it. He's so good for like that's really good. He's so good for that. And also who will definitely have a cameo role of some like 
some British mobster that gets gets completely like eviscerated either early in the movie or totally gets like sh- shook down. And I want uh, Stephen Toast himself, yes. uh, Matt Berry, to get like to be like one of the pathetic British gangsters that gets shook down in like one of the early scenes in this movie to like accidentally give James Bond some information because I think that Matt Berry is amazing and I would love to see that. And ultimately in the end, you have like a, you have a tech guru, young guy, tech guru, British tech guru type guy that kind of is the guy that, that they go after. But yeah, that's kind of what I want. I want, I want a caperish, wacky English underworld guy, Richie James Bond. Wow, I like it. Just because you added, I'm going to say, I, I will put Edgar Wright on lookalikes. Edgar Wright will be my guy to do that movie. I love it. Let him do it. Fast cuts it. to everything. All right, well, in that case, um, I think I'm going to have Ben Wheatley direct my trilogy. <laughs> Very Why cool. Not? Very, very cool. All right. So that's my pitch, everyone. So that's what we got. We got five James Bond movies from three people. Uh, so I'm thinking James Bond is in great hands. Yeah. Hey, Barbara, Michael. Yeah. yeah. I, I, talk, yeah. I, I talk shit, but give me a call. Yeah, give him a call. Give give Jordan a call. I mean, Noah and Jordan definitely can, you know, make this happen. If this was a if this I'll was a think tank. What, what'd you say? It's COVID. I'll work for food. We all will. We all will work for food. Please. Noah, I have to say, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. So much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that, I think we're going to have you back when we talk about some other things in the near future. So please, please, please do not be a stranger. And also, Noah, I I will plug you as much as you'd like, but please give us what you're working on. Let us know where where you're you're from, where we can find you. Yeah, well, uh, you guys mentioned at the start, uh, I'm a singer-songwriter. I go by the stage name NOHA, all caps. You can find me on um i've been streaming a lot recently i've been doing a lot of acoustic live streams you can find me on instagram my username is this is noha it's all one word it's also my uh twitch username i'm gonna start streaming on twitch pretty soon in fact most of my social media you can find is this is noha but yeah definitely find me on instagram because i'm just I've been jumping on randomly doing some acoustic streams of some of my songs. I do have some music out there. I've got an acoustic album called Scenes from a Breakdown, which you can find on all of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and so on. I also, Mike will remember that, actually, Jordan, you were there for this as well. Uh, I my, my live EP, Suffering Bastard, about two weeks before the quarantine, I played a show at Mr. Beery's out in Long Island with Bad Mary, the great Bad Mary. And uh, I just so happened to be recording that set around May. I think it was in May. I released it as a live EP. So Suffering Bastard, it's uh, (laughs) a neo-psychedelic live uh, EP because whenever I plug in, it's a very full 60s, 90s inspired neo-psych sound. And, you know, the the acoustic, I've got an acoustic album and an electric and they complement each other. If you're interested in that, Suffering Bastard is actually available on an additional streaming service. Suffering Bastard is on Bandcamp. Ooh. I would love it if you bought Suffering Bastard on Bandcamp. Bandcamp is probably the best of all of the streaming services in terms of paying artists and supporting yes. artists who really need it at this time more than ever. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Noha. Uh, find me on also Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, you know, jump on some streams and hang out with me. All right. Yeah, and, if, and if I may, we often bring friends on this podcast and let them plug their shit. But actually, a lot of their shit is terrible. I will let the friends guess whose shit I'm talking about. Noah's shit's actually good. Like, Noah's album's really good. The Suffering Bastard live album is one of my favorite things I've listened to, like, all last year. Uh, It's really, really good. So, like, 
we're not just plugging bullshit on this show like today, like normal. This is actually good. You should buy this. Yeah, yeah. you should definitely go out and support Noha and the stuff he's done. Noha has been a wonderful companion in music over the last 10 years. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And, thank uh, and thank you so much. And, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll plug your music and we'll do all that stuff as well. And Jordan, what do you got going on, my friend? Yeah, fuck, fuck all, man. I got the how about this podcast, baby. That's right, baby. That's, Mike, I, I just want to say thank you for another great show. Thank you for having your gold finger on my thunderballs and noha <laughs> noha you can you can rake my moon anytime sir wow that's a that's that's a really a really nice way to go about it man i appreciate that i have a, I have a view to kill you over those puns <laughs> Well done. Well done. Well, everyone on the internet, well, or, you know, however many people are listening to this, which I assume is everyone on the internet, this has been our Jay's Bond conversation. And let me tell you, it's been a blast. It's been an absolute blast to have Noah on and Jordan, obviously. You're, Jordan is the best co host on this side of the planet and this side of the galaxy. Jordan, thank you so much for everything that you do. I appreciate it. And thank you, sir. And thank you to Noah. Thank, thank you, you all so very much. See you all out there on in the social media message boards. For Jordan Hugh and Noah Redfield, my name is Mike Staub. And we will catch you real, real soon with some other type of oddity on How About This. And thank you all once again for listening to this episode of How About This. And a big thank you to Noah Redfield for giving us such great ideas and spending some time with us as we talked about James Bond. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did enjoy the episode, please go find us on Spotify and iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. And give us a like or give us a review or give us a subscribe if you don't mind. Also, you can find us on Instagram at HowAboutThisPod and now on Facebook at how about this pod so please be sure to check your socials every week for when new episodes are coming out and more interactivity there on social media as always you giving us reviews and leaving comments on these posts just make the show more visible so we appreciate everyone who's gone in and given us a review and left a comment we've got a lot of great stuff coming up for you in the future we're especially excited for what we have this summer and we're going to be releasing these episodes every week. So thank you so much for being with us now as we continue to release more and more episodes. And if you're new to the show, there's a whole bunch of episodes you can catch up on. This is evergreen content, everyone. So we hope you enjoy. Thank you once again from Jordan Hugh and Mike Staub. Thank you for listening to How About This. 